0: Welcome to the Dusha Podcast, the place where we help your business become more purpose-driven and turn your values from the sheets of paper they're written on to the behavior of your employees. Today we have a special episode with the founders of the Happy Startup School, Lawrence and Carlos. They have been building the community for entrepreneurs that build heart-shaped business and truly inspire people by bringing themselves into the business they create. The common problem with the business is that it's created solely for money. Lawrence and Carlos say that a truly successful business comes from bringing yourself into the work you're doing and being vulnerable. In this episode, you will learn how to become more vulnerable and more yourself in the work you do. Enjoy listening. Lawrence, Carlos, it's great to have you here, guys, at our podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be
1: here. Thank you very much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining. You've been doing this amazing work of yours at Happy Startup School for quite a while. And honestly, I would love to begin with a short question. How did it all start for you? Can you tell us your story, your, your story of why did you come to it?
1: Go Lawrence.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. The joys of friendship. So the Happy Startup School really started uh, as an idea more than anything about eight years ago. Um, myself and Carlos were running a design agency building websites and apps for a range of clients from startups to bigger businesses and we found that we really enjoy working with entrepreneurs first and foremost like working with people who had an idea to bring that vision to life Um, but on that journey really found that when we were spending a lot of time with people on their products building their um, first version of the product we found that those that we warmed more to were the ones that had a sort of meaning to their business. There was a real purpose driving it. Um, and likewise there were some projects we worked on that maybe didn't feel that there was that, um, deeper meaning behind it. And so we wanted to bring a bit more purpose to entrepreneurships. So that was one thing was just finding out other, other people out there who really think about business in this way that isn't necessarily driven by profit and growth, but driven by something deeper. And, and that's what we, put out into the world really about eight years ago we put out this idea of the happy startup school without any intention to build a community or to build a business around it more just to find out other like-minded people out there who view the world in this way and from there it's led us to where we are today and to building a community of people all around the world who align on this way of thinking really about business not just through the lens of money but also through the lens of purpose and, and happiness too. Anything you want to add to that, Carlos?
1: No, I think it's captured. I think it's captured. I think the the timeline of how things have happened. If there's anything I I would add is more of a reflection of where we are now. I have real strong memories when we actually um, were living the dream as a design studio. Uh, to put it, we we had this beautiful little. Uh, studio with massive kind of windows on the side it it was in the heart of Brighton it had that kind of real creative bohemian feel to it we'd host little cozy events it had a little kitchen downstairs we used to do as a team kind of little uh, cooking competitions and we you know it it was really fun we had an ice cream shop just opposite us a frozen yogurt shop that would give us you know their leftover frozen yogurt (laughs) and we'd like be filling the fridge with this stuff so this real kind of like beautiful feeling of this, this space. And I have this real memory of, of when we we're talking about the Happy Startup School and this idea of one of the things that I remember is like really being obsessed and, and really interested in this idea of self-help and personal development. And this idea of like starting businesses and doing stuff. And these, these two worlds. At the time, it was just like these thoughts. And then when we started the Happy Startup School, we started talking about purpose and company culture and innovation and how those things could mix. I feel like I've come back to where I really was interested. And it was this idea of actually, even if you think about purpose, it's about understanding what is it that really drives you. Is that real self-exploration of what's, what do you really believe in what is it that's really important to you and then marrying that up with and how can you manifest that in the world in a way that makes sense and how can you align that with the work and and the day to day and the impact and the money and everything so it becomes just one thing rather than the life thing and the work thing and so there's this journey where i think you going from Thinking it's one thing, trying it out, working along the way, but in the end, drifting back to what it was really about. Uh, and that for me is that interesting full circle mm. and how that is kind of core to what we try and talk about on any of our programs. It's like tapping into, trying to tap into that motivation and that drive, that inner drive. So that, that, that because in the end, you will get back there. <laughs> There's an interesting uh, um, uh, quote from someone on on one of our webinars a couple of weeks ago. It's like, if you don't get perspective, perspective will get you. (laughs) At some point it will come back and you think, whether that's just before you say goodbye to the world or whether that's an instance or a situation that really shifts, that's really kind of challenging for you. You will then think, what's all this about again? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I I doing this? So for me, that's, that's the, for me, the underlying thread of this journey of building the happy startup school. And then on top of that, there's all the tactics, strategies, and all the things that, that you need to also take on board in order to make something work
3: and that's interesting that you said when you when you have just started that uh, probably there were not so many examples around you that you can rely on you just like do like them so you just started from scratch so you created this world what helped you to go through that when not to give up because quite many people just like they want to do this differently but then they're just like oh my god i don't have energy i don't have belief so i just i, I would just stop would help you to go through all of this
2: hmm. i remember when, around that time was when we i think we got really interested in how other companies operated and i remember two books specifically that uh, we got interested in was delivering happiness which was a book by Tony Shea from Zappos uh, in the States, which really talked about building your culture around the happiness of your employees and the the team, and Lean Startup, which was about innovation and building new businesses. And like Carla said, these two worlds to us weren't totally disparate. They were like, you know, how can we... There's an example here of how you can build a billion-dollar company based on happiness. And there's loads of examples of how you can move fast and break things to get your ideas out there and so that i think gave us a bit of a i said a glimpse of how it's possible to scale a business based on these principles um but in terms of what helped us to get going and stay um on purpose i think it's probably just looking to other role models really people we latched onto early on i remember specifically around that time just googling purpose and happiness in business and trying to find out who else is out there who's talking about this stuff and there was very few, um, but we did find the ones that were. And so we, I remember f- flying to Copenhagen to go to a, a conference called Purpose and meeting um, Oli Kassow, who's now a friend of ours, who runs an amazing um, nonprofit called Cycling Without Age, helping old people uh, go out of their old, old people's homes out into, the, um, into fresh air. And so people like that inspired us early on and gave us, I think, confidence that this is a path worth going on. But I think it was just a deep belief, really, that the future belonged to companies like this that had a purpose and, and leaders that, like Carla said, were able to aware of their flaws and vulnerabilities and actually see themselves as the ones that would drive change and how important they were to it rather than just about the company itself. And so, yeah, it's slowly, I think, capturing people who inspired us and, and learning from each other really, inspiring each other to do interesting things.
1: I think the other way to look at this is, um, what's the alternative? What would you? What would you do instead of that? If the alternative and the, the idea of just slaving away a business or being in a corporate structure or essentially working purely for the money, purely for the this churn, and that just really doesn't resonate, then the step is all right. What can I do that isn't that? How can I? How can, what can I find out and what can I create and how can I move forward? Because like you said, it's hard, yeah. You know? And so there is that also, I think part of it is like, but would it be harder just to fall back to something else I wasn't interested in or I didn't have a passion for or didn't feel I was drawn to? I think there's there's that internal just tapping into what is it I need from this? What am I what am I really looking for? And if even if you don't know what it is, because part of it is not being yourself um, on the, on the head because you're not sure what your purpose is. So I can't start because I'm not really clear about where it is. It's like, it's still trying things, moving things forward, exploring that curiosity. Um, and you know, we're lucky because we had skills, um, you know, a designer, I could build things technically. We had skills to make things and put things out into the world very, very quickly. And so there's that aspect of being able to show what you're about and then get a feel for, is this the right thing to do next? You know, exactly what Lean Startup talks about, but less about the mechanical, iterative, scientific test and, uh, test and refine and, and, and get any feedback. But also just what does it feel like? You know, that whole idea of product founder fit. Is this something that I really am passionate about? Is this something that is of interest? And if it isn't, okay, where does that lead me next? And so there's this, I think, if you think of this journey of business and entrepreneurship as this linear path to success, I do A, B, C, D, and E, then it can feel incredibly hard. But if it's like, uh, if you think of it maybe as a this amazing, bizarre, scary road trip into the unknown, where you're trying to find these beautiful lakes and mountains and maybe go through a horrible desert once in a time. But all the while thinking, wow, this is amazing. And meeting people along the way and then finding out, oh, let's go down here. Because if, if you're able to, which is you know, kind of my journey, is kind of shifting from that I need to get there to let's figure out what this, you know, let's go and explore the countryside. Then that shifts, I think, the energy around it. And then at some point, I think, bam, it hits you. That's what I want. That's what I want to do. Now I can see clearly I'm going to make a highway this way. So for me, it, it's the message that I'm trying to convey is that the barriers and the blocks, I think a lot of the time are our perceptions of how it should be rather than thinking about how it could be.
0: I like your metaphor of the countryside and the highway really much because it's it also has the energy, the right energy that you need to, to be in those two modes. But here's the question that, that comes to my mind right away Um, you're talking about taking it slow in the countryside to to establish where you want to go on the highway because highway is faster and you know it's straight but it given that the world is so fast right now and it's developing in a very fast way I know there are barriers to people um, to try and stop and to freeze in this moment and just explore yourself but uh the thought that comes to my mind is even if you stop and you're cor- courageous enough to stop, uh, isn't it worthless in terms of, you know, the world is moving. You, you, there's a feeling that I'm, I'm going to miss it if I stop. How, how can I, how, like the Alice in the Wonderland, you cannot run to somewhere. You it, it, it need to run faster to move. So how do we cope with this as entrepreneurs? Uh,
2: well, it's interesting you say that because we're about to Uh, launch an event called the day of nothing in less than two weeks which is a a day uh, where we're encouraging thousands of people to join us by doing nothing um, just for one day and and the reason behind that is we were chatting before this this podcast that even though we're not necessarily physically as active as we may have been in a normal um, normal existence during lockdown it feels like we can be emotionally and mentally tired maybe through being on zoom calls all the time or having kids at home or just trying to you know navigate this roller coaster of navigating through our work and life at this time so we feel the need to I wouldn't say stop I would just say pause to be able to reflect and replenish and re-energize and so I, I don't think those things are polar opposites in some ways there's times I think when it's important to move fast and we're big fans of putting ideas out early if you're starting a business. We wouldn't say just take the slow road. But at the same time, I think if it, like Carlos said, when you're thinking about what it is that you want and how you can um, make a difference or what your role might be, then I think it's important to really tap into what your heart or your body's telling you. And often we can be strayed by what the market tells us or what the world's telling us or what social media's telling us. And I think unless you do pause every now and again, I think it's hard to really know what, you believe and that's I think where there's moments of pause I think are useful um, but I would say we probably are more of the slow steady road more organic road rather than one that's you know, the highway um, but it might be that there's times where the highway makes sense.
1: What I heard in terms of this contrast of, of ideas of philosophies um, this idea of like you know you stop to really consider what's the next step and understand what is it that's driving you but then you're stood there at the side of the highway and everyone's whizzing by you the world is whizzing by you Uh, and i remember also early in our business when particularly around innovation if you're standing still you're going backwards that whole thing that if you stand still you're going to be left behind and you're going to miss opportunities so if if that's a fear for people, so if that's if that's maybe the thing, oh, I, I don't understand why do you why stop and 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 consider things and and or even stop? Maybe this idea of stopping is that I need to spend at least a, three months in an ashram to get in touch with myself, so I know what the next step is. You know, if that's the perception, then maybe I can share something that might help with that. It depends if you have a worldview is that there are not enough opportunities in the world. If you think. Okay, if I don't grab this opportunity now, it's gone for me forever. And so if you believe that, that there's only a limited number of good ideas in the world, then go for your life. Run as fast as you can and find them because you're going to lose one, because someone's going to grab one from you. If you think that the shit can sometimes hit the fan sometimes, and we have no idea what comes around the corner, and in a space of chaos and uncertainty, that's where you find opportunity. But then, in order to be able to grasp that opportunity, you need to be centered enough in yourself to so not be caught up in the panic and the fear and the worry and the issues to be able to say, Great, that's what I'm going to do because I believe in that thing. Then, that's a different world. That's a world where there's always opportunity because you're looking at the world from the fact that things will come and they will arise. As long as I have my eyes open, I'll know what to grab. And then if there's this perception that the only way I'll find myself is I need to sit down for a long period of time of self-inquiry, then how about thinking about by exploring the world and trying things out and seeing the stuff that I can't do, the stuff that hurts, the stuff that I really struggle with is a process of learning about what I really want and what I can really do, then you don't have to stay still. You just try things, and you hurt, and you fail, and you get triggered, and things don't work, and you have bad relationships, and you realize that all of those are just signals telling you, nudging you, if you want to accept those nudges into the direction you need to go. And then at some point, it's like boom! I'm I'm off. I'm back on the motorway. I'm I'm potentially going at a thousand miles an hour, or you're thinking, actually, I'm fine on this meandering journey, the, the country road, because that's what I want. And the opportunities I need will always be there.
3: Well, I was listening to you, um, that, that was a lot about the Kourvashj. So that's just take, take the moment, have the whole courage in the world. And that reminds me about the question that we recently had in our uh, Vision 2020 program about like what kind of questions uh, you might ask before you're dead. And one of the questions was, like, if you have the whole courage in the world, what would you do in this time of uncertainty, probably, that we have right now?
2: Um, I would do what I'm doing now, to be honest. Um... I feel, you know, starting to have, well, actually, starting a happy startup school wasn't courageous. I would say closing our agency felt courageous because we really put our heart on the line. That was five years ago when we made that call to close the agency to to give the happy startup school off our, our all. I, when Carlos was talking before about, you know, this point of reflection and thinking what you really want. I, and the reason to pause every now and again is, I think, even for us, that the importance of constantly reviewing what it is you want to do and where you want to be. And this kind of view of your life, looking back, you know, when you're on your deathbed or at the end of your life. And that for me is something I think about probably daily of like, is this what I want to be doing? Is this the right thing to do? Um, so yeah, I, I'm not saying it would be completely different, but I think there's, as I work more in this area, I think it builds my courage even more. To, to know that we 're on the right path, um, so I, I get my courage from giving others courage now i feel
1: I think the the definition that I really love around courage uh, and it comes from Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray Love, and I remember hearing this on a podcast is courage is is the idea of choosing curiosity over fear and i and I feel this is part of to me on this journey of of entrepreneurship and the happy startup school and and community is this this following this curiosity and just and being true to that curiosity because that that for me is me. I've always been curious and I've always been curious about the world, how the world works, how people works, how things and and now it's it's evolved into curious about myself and curious about how people relate and how we relate to the work we do. And then that, and then, and just feeling into that, and then following that flow. And, and then we've had many discussions, Lawrence and I, around me trying to understand the direction of where we're taking things and, and what, uh, how do things make sense? You know, what, what's that to do with this and how they, they connect to each other? And I think there's a, there's a place for that. But at the very beginning, when you're trying to start something, you're trying to explore, um, it's hard to know what makes sense. And so it's hard to know where to move forward and what to do next and what what is the right thing to do. Uh, I think I'm learning more is like if you can if you if you can choose the curiosity rather than the fear of not knowing, but the the following that thread of oh, this is interesting and this is something that I might want to know more about. And then being true to that, I think that helps you move forward because it's less about am I gonna get this right? And it's more about what am I gonna learn. I hope that answers your question.
4: I know lots of creative people in my neighborhood uh, that could make some really beautiful business with purpose and all that, but they don't do that. Just yesterday, I was talking with my wife. Uh, She wants to make music from her childhood, uh, but she doesn't do that uh, because her... Well, the main idea is just, I don't know how to make money With my music, uh, because well, I need to provide myself. Uh, And uh, the question I want to ask uh, you is how to help uh, these uh, creative people uh, that uh, want to make their living with music or poetry or some other stuff like that. Uh, They actually working for some companies, Mm, they don't do their stuff. So, how to help them to? switch from uh, some uh, jobs to make way living with a passion.
2: That's the million dollar question, right? How do I make money doing something I love? Yep. <laughs> Answers on the postcard. I think there's a different way, different ways of approaching that question really. I would, the starting point I would say is get them to talk to each other. So like even having one other person, two other people, three other people who are also asking themselves similar questions. Is a starting point, and hence that's how our community formed was other people knowing they're not alone and thinking about these thoughts of how can I do work I love, how can I turn my passion into a business?" Um, knowing that you know the voices in your head or the kind of narrative that you hear isn't the only way of thinking about things, I think is a huge shift for a lot of people, um, not necessarily giving people answers, but more just that, that awareness that yeah I'm not alone, I think is a huge thing. Um, I think second to that is I don't think every passion should necessarily become a business, um, and that's okay. Um, So we'd never say to someone, leave your corporate job, go and, you know, become a full-time musician. What we would say, like Carla says, is follow your curiosity, follow what excites you. Um, Start to see maybe is there a difference in the you at work and the you playing your instrument or the you painting? And how can you bring those worlds closer together? you know, I, I play music, but I'm not a full-time musician. I've managed to find something I love doing for work, and it's different. It's maybe deeper. It's more about others, not just about what I do. And so I, I think I'd never have found this unless I'd followed something, you know, and started somewhere. And so I think that's probably my advice would be just to start something that feels more aligned to how you want to spend your time and just see what happens and what comes from it. And also seeing how much do you want it? because it may be that people expect the same standard of living and the same salary and the same riches that come with a well-paid job. And maybe in the short term or medium term or even long term, you have to sacrifice things to make it work. And if you really want it, you'll do that. And uh, that's, I think, a filter for people who don't necessarily want it enough is they're not willing to make those compromises. Um, We could definitely have earned a lot more money over the last few years, you know, choosing a different path. But money to me is not a measure for me. It's, it's important, but it's not the most important thing. And so if you talk to someone and say, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. Well, it's not about what it looks like. It's what it feels like. And for me, the path I've chosen is one that fulfills me in a way that I never have got from anything else. And that to me is way more important than anything else. And, and time becomes my measure, not money. You know, how do I spend my time? Not how much money do I have in the bank? So again, these questions, these themes topics I think uh, conversations that people need to have if they want to sit on that path and, and doing it together I think is a good starting point
1: the image that springs to mind when I think of someone who's who wants to essentially harness their creativity um, and turn that and see how that could be their livelihood is the creativity being this you know really beautiful white balloon just floating. You know in the air it's this kind of real freedom and then i gotta make a business out of it is like massive weight that you just tie onto the end of this thing and it just shoots down to the ground and it can't go anywhere because now you need to essentially make a living in order to make to to be able to continue doing this this thing has to sustain your life essentially and so I think there's an awareness there around when it comes, for me, this idea of the creativity side of things is that if you start putting constraints on it straight away and wait, it doesn't have the freedom to grow and evolve. Because I think for me, the essence of creativity is that uncertainty and that freedom. And it's like trying to tap into that passion. So that's one aspect of it that if you already start thinking about how could I How can I make a business about doing stuff I love? The thing that you love suddenly becomes something very heavy and weighty because it needs to be something that makes you money. And so you lose the point. Why, Why do it in the first place? But saying that, there are people who do creative things and make a load of money. And I think part of that is understanding what is value. What is a value? If you create a song that makes someone cry and makes them understand an uh, an important part of their life and shifts how they view that situation or how they view their lives that is immensely valuable and then there's the courage to say if this is a value then support my work if this is speaking to you then i need to continue to do thing to do this thing and so if you have this concept that I make this song and you try and give it to anyone you can and say, how much is this worth to you? And they say, no, nah, it's not worth anything. And you put your heart and your soul into this thing. And you're that kind of creative person that is potentially sensitive. You're not going to want to do any business because you're going to have people who are going to hate what you do. But then if you also realize that there are going to be individuals in this world that are potentially going to love what you've done there's going to change their lives and those maybe there's two maybe there's maybe there's a hundred people who want to follow what you do because you speak to what they what's important to them and maybe they pay you 50 20 100 pounds a month to make sure that you continue creating this thing well that's a business and that's business based on you being you and you just telling a story but the thing is it's about the challenging thing is you have to tell that story loud enough to as many people so that the right people can hear it. And so there that's when you, I believe you're starting to marry this idea of creativity and business, because what you're trying to do is trying to match what's true to you to what's true to other people. And the difficulty is, or the difficulty was before you were limited to your geographical area and how much money you could put in terms of advertising in a newspaper. Now, you can reach anyone. But the trouble is, everyone can reach everyone. So now the things we need to learn is how do we tell the story of the work that we do that rises above the noise of everyone else telling the story about the work that they do. And that's where, that's where there's amazing opportunity for this stuff. But at the same time, real strong awareness about why we're doing what we're doing because we are needing to be able to tell our story in a way that will just differentiate you from other stories that are out there but ultimately if you put the weight of money immediately on the thing that you're trying to create then i and you the reason you want to do it is for that need to create then that's going to be a challenge yeah, if you want to explore that, like Lawrence was saying, you don't don't I wouldn't you know like how we started, don't put the pressure of money on it straight away.
2: Mm-hmm. Because it to then
1: breathe. it's not gonna be creative. Well, you're gonna have that real difficult constraint of the weight of having to survive from this creative space.
2: Yeah. I would say create for creation for for the need that you have to create. There's a great quote which we use a lot, which is don't die with the music still in you whether it's music or art or business, whatever, whatever you've got inside you, there's people like us who are confused entrepreneurs, I think, because they don't do it for the money, but they've got something inside them that won't go away. And it's really annoying because you want it to go away and it keeps coming back. And I think for those people, whether it's music, art, business, whatever, that those are the people that we're talking to. And it might be one of your friends. What we've tried to do is just give people tiny bits of inspiration to make them realize that there is another way of Thinking about this, and maybe it's sharing them a video or a quote or uh, connecting with someone else is also going through that thought process. Um, but there's a great book called The War of Art, which talks about this stuff about creative blocks and how we often struggle with a different path of ourselves, which is the more rational side. Um, and in that book, they ask the question Would you create this if no one was watching? You know, would you write a book if no one was going to read it? Would you want to do this without any anyone else um, seeing it and that's I think the true creative will do it for themselves first and foremost and then secondary to that is feedback and, and praise or money or whatever comes our way but when, th- when something comes from that place chances are it will end up being more um, profitable because it comes from that authentic place versus like Carlos said starting with money is the goal
3: While I was listening to you, I actually was thinking about the path that, thanks to you, I made. Like I started four years ago when I just um, get known uh, about your program and became a part of the very first, I I think that was even before um, the vision. uh, It was like very first version of the course. Yeah. And the biggest shift for me was that you started the whole story not from like what's your idea and how to make mo- the money out of that but how to reconnect to yourself and how to actually reconnect to what uh, what are your values what what's uh, what is that that really important for you and what is your heart about and what is, what is your enemy or what are your strengths weaknesses And and that for me that was like the wow the biggest shift. Like before even starting my business, I I really need to stay focused on that. And after that, um, I found that like wow, after like having uh, myself heard uh, my heart, then it's really hard to make my voice out. Really like to have somebody hearing what I'm. I want to say and what I want to do, and that was like the biggest block like wow, that really some like let somebody hear my voice and well, like to be heard for many people that 's really the big, big block and shift like um, and a lot of great ideas are just dying on this step. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? So what is your way of seeing that and how maybe you like now has helping like hundreds and thousands probably of other entrepreneurs. What's your way of of dealing with that?
2: I think you're right in that what we're inviting people to do is to reveal more of themselves and their work, I would say. Well, it can feel scary first and foremost if you've built up a a wall around you, you know, however big the wall, but we will have walls and um, that wall might be comfortable if we've been a certain person at work or we've been in a certain job or role where that was helpful, maybe. Um, So what we're inviting people to do is let that wall down a bit, let their guard down a bit and and be more of themselves, bring more of themselves to their work um, and be more authentic about how they communicate and how they operate. And so that can obviously feel scary. So I think first and foremost is going back to the idea of community. You know, it's less scary on your own. It's less scary with others doing that too. But I think what we, what we tried to do is get people to take small steps, you know, so whilst you might have a big vision of what you want to create, or maybe you don't, and that's okay too, is doing it in a way that builds your confidence and your courage so that slowly you start to, you know, increase your comfort zone of what's possible and getting inspired by others who are also on that path too and their stories Um, and just trying to see the connection and why it is helpful not just from a personal point of view but also from a business point of view to share your story as part of your business and and your business uh, story and some people just don't see the link of why that's important you know why would someone care about who I am when all they care about is the product? but if you think of all the brands you love and all the products you love, chances are there's an authentic story behind it. You know, why did that person start that business? Why did this person create this product? You know, who, who's the founder? Who's the team that made this thing? Why did they put so much care and love into it? More and more, we're all getting curious about who we buy from and where we spend our money. And, you know, if you just look at it purely from a commercial point of view, it actually makes Real business sense to open up and be more authentic. Because ultimately, we don't want brands and companies that are trying to put on a front and trying to be something they're not. We want, and we can now start to smell and sense inauthentic communications, I feel. So for me, it's Mm -hmm. that two pronged attack, maybe. One is the internal uncomfortableness of putting something out that feels more you, because ultimately, if it doesn't work, you feel like someone's judging you and you failed as a person, not just failed as a product um so there needs to be a detachment to some extent of i'm doing this for me because i believe in it and there'll be people who love it and there'll be people who don't and so what we would say is put something out there that maybe people don't like or criticize because ultimately it probably means you're on the right path because that that's part of the territory is knowing who's in and who's out and finding your tribe so getting comfortable with that feeling is part of the journey i think it doesn't I'd say maybe it gets easier, but it doesn't go away. You just learn to live with that feeling.
1: There's two things I heard there. The issue of vulnerability. And then this is the idea of, of me, this idea of creating value. And when when there isn't perceived value, that sense of rejection, which then plays back to the vulnerability. So in terms of the, you know, why, why should I look into this stuff? And why should I think about my values and strengths and blah, blah, blah? And you know, really that... We were talking about it before, just spending time on self reflection. What's the practical benefit of it? And I I think Lawrence was talking to that for me in terms of if you think about business as relationships and relationships built on trust and trust built on connection, you're much more able, from my understanding of the work that we've done, you're much more able and more powerful to create connections with other people if you're connected with yourself. If you know who you are, if you know what's important to you, if you know what that feels like, if you have empathy for yourself, then you're going to have empathy and connection with other people. And if you can do that, then you can talk to them in a way that they feel that they can trust you because they feel that they're being heard, because they feel that you know what they're experiencing. Not just what problems are they facing, but how they feel about them when you can do that and help them with their problems. You can say, this product isn't about me, it's about how can I help you? You're here, I think you wanna be there. The reason that you're not getting there is this feeling, this situation that I really relate to because I've been there or I felt it or I really have been exploring what it's like to be you. And I would love to help you to get there. And yes, that person could help you and that person could help you. But I'm coming from this place as well. So it becomes less about, oh, that's the product that works or, oh, it costs cheaper. or oh, it's reassuringly expensive. It becomes actually Natalia knows what it's like for me. And she has my best interests at heart because it's what she's really passionate about. And that's her. And I can see it in her story, and I can see it in her journey, and I, I I can see how difficult it was for for her. That's why I trust you. That's why I will pay you that money. And it's this idea that the value then isn't just because of the value of the product, It's because of the alignment of the values. I I see you live those values. I see where those values came from, and they're part of what I believe in. So yeah, of course, I'm I want to be part. I want to work with you. So. That, where, that's where I see I link the tangible value and having that understanding of business to that personal journey. But saying that, particularly at the early stage, it doesn't mean we can start going out and just sharing our shit with everyone in the world. You know, that's, that's not doing that in a, in a powerful way. I think there's, there, there is also a careful journey there. And that's where Lawrence was talking about community. Where it's important to find a safe space for you to also work out a skillful way of expressing yourself. It isn't suddenly, these are all my diaries from when I was a teenager and this is how I felt, read them. This is a process of, shit, this is how I'm feeling. I talk to someone, oh yeah, that's, and then you make sense and then you add meaning and then you tell it into a story, it becomes a story that other people can digest and understand and use rather than brain vomit that then drenches someone and they don't know what to do with it. There's a real power and vulnerability, but there's also responsibility in how you use it.
2: And like you said, what parts of your story are most relevant and useful and of interest to others, I think? And that's what we've found is we've been very transparent, I think, about our um our journey in terms of the highs and lows and trying to share our thoughts as much for ourselves as anything else to make sense of what's going on as we've been through this journey together um i found writing very helpful almost cathartic as a way to make sense of my thoughts and i know other people have found that helpful because then they can think okay i'm not alone and these guys are mentoring us but they're still trying to work it out and that's empowering so it is scary you know there's times when we've given talks or I've hit publish on a blog post and it's terrifying, but chances are when you're scared at that point is probably the best thing you've ever written because you know, it's painful, you know, it's raw, or you know, it's got real emotion and uh, thought put behind it. And that's like Collison, that's where connection comes from is that vulnerability. And if you see someone on stage and they've got it all worked out and they're charts are pointing up to the right and there's big loads of zeros that's boring no one cares about that stuff Um, those aren't the talks that people think talk about the ones where people open up and show pictures of their childhood or show their highs and lows that's that's way more interesting so I think it's just trying to think of trying to get out of your own way as much as possible to be able to truly connect with what people want and actually what um, I feel if you've got something that's going to help people then just keeping that in mind and, and think that By me getting on my own way, I'm actually, it's almost a selfish act and trying to, as much as possible, just let go of it and just feel the fear and do it anyway.
3: (laughs) I I was just like listening to you and I don't know how about you guys, but I have just right now a great feeling of uplifting, just like, yeah, I can do this. I will go and make this happen. And I actually want to mention here uh, that you have a practical tool how to do this. And this is your... Happy startup canvas that we would like to bring to mm-hmm. our community as well. That that is, I I think which is like really great great way to do this step by step. And maybe my question would be, what that would be the moment you think entrepreneurs should take it? Should they do this before and when they just have an idea, or if I already have the business, will it help me somehow? or maybe it would just confuse me and at which stage should i take uh, a look at that
4: maybe let's start from introducing happy startup canvas first question can you tell us a little bit about it about this method technology and the second question would be natalias
1: the happy startup canvas is i'm sure people are all familiar with the business model canvas and the lean canvas if you're not it's this idea of creating a canvas is a nice simple way to deconstruct your idea and a way to just identify all the different elements that go into making a business. Uh, And with the business model canvas, the lean canvas, it's very much focused on how the business works and who you're trying to to sell to and, and the different elements around the mechanics and the strategy around that. Now, with... Uh, What we saw missing from that was, so where do you define, where do you break down the why? Where do you actually understand or really try and dig into the motivation and the emotional part of this journey, rather than just the mechanical scientific side of things? And so this is where we developed um, the Happy Startup Canvas modeled, ironically, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where you have the physical needs towards the bottom, and then the more um, higher order emotional, uh, spiritual, in a sense, needs towards the top. So if you've got this picture of a triangle, and it's divided into eight quadrants, at the top, let's say you've got the why, and at the bottom, you've got the what. And so when we think about the why, you're breaking it down into four things, the vision, the purpose, the values, and the story. So now you've broken up this potentially difficult thing why am I doing this what is it all about into at least four s- sub questions that you can start answering what is um the world that I'm trying to create what does the vision of my f- the future look like what is my role in it what how am I trying to make that happen what's my purpose what's the business the purpose of the business within that what are the values that I hold dear that guide all my co- my decisions within that within that acting of the on the purpose? And then how do I communicate that to the world? What are the stories? Exactly what we're talking about just now about vulnerability. Why am I the person to be doing this? And so you now then got that on top of the other four things, which is the standard stuff. What's the problem? What's the solution? Who are your early adopters? And what's the value proposition? So what are people struggling with? How can you take that struggle away? How can you help them with that struggle? Who are really the people who are going to get on board with this at an early stage? And how do you communicate it into them to them in a way that really makes sense? And it's like, yes, that's exactly what I need. That is important at any stage of your business, whether you're just starting, whether you're in the middle of it, whether you're winding down, it's for me a lens to look at how does this all fit together? Because maybe you're in you're you're in the middle of it, and you're kind of lost as to. And this is one of the classic things that we we experience in our communities. Like the business is working well, but for some reason it still doesn't feel right. So there's something that's missing, or the business needs to grow, but somehow we're not getting the messaging right. Where is that coming from? Or you're at right, the beginning. It's like well. I know, why should I start this thing in the first place? What's motivating me? What's struggling? So you can then start exploring, okay, what exactly the conversation we just had now, what's going to motivate me to, to act? And how do I tell the story of this thing that I want to create? And I'd also say towards the end, if you're trying to make sense of all of this stuff that you've done so far, you know, who was I working for? Why was I doing it? That then helps you deconstruct that whole story as well.
2: One thing i just add is if you're at the start stage um, and you're using the canvas, the thing I found really helpful is really to try and we talked a bit about why would I spend time reflecting on some of these deeper questions? And my answer to that would be if you do that work or at least start on that work, then that top part of the canvas becomes your North Star. It becomes the thing that helps you to then work out and what could the products be and what might the business look like? And that's the journey we've been on is we were always clear about our why. Um, there might be slight iterations on it over the years, but that's not really changed. What has changed is our activities and the opportunities that have come our way. And I think if we tried to just go with, let's, you know, we want to create a training business, for example. Let's just do, do workshops for a living. Then we'd have closed down the door to creating an online community, creating, you know, um, uh, off-grid events, doing all the things that we've done. If we just focused on the product that we were building or creating an app, for example. So, focusing on the purpose and the why has actually opened us up to a much broader sea of possibilities than would have otherwise been the case.
1: I'd like to add on to that. Might be a bit paradoxical for people, but I, I run with it. Um, Lawrence is perfectly correct. It opens up the field of possibilities in terms of what you can do because then you can see how can I, essentially, how can I make the world like this and exploring the different ways that you can do that because part of it is also finding that product founder a fit the way you want to do it that makes sense. At a practical level as well, you know, when, when you read the Lean Startup and you, and you really try and live th- through that, this idea of iteration, you know, build, measure, learn, refine, you can refine yourself into oblivion going into all sorts of random places if you don't have some constraint as to what is it, the change you want to make in the world. And you can suddenly find yourself building this amazing product that maybe makes lots of money, but you're a miserable guy or girl. And, and then that actually didn't help you at all. So there's, a, there's this thing that opens up the field of possibilities, but also makes you really focused about what it is you should need to be working on.
2: Like you said, Carlos, there's there's who might be the customers for this product or service, but then who's who are the customers and people that you want to serve and that you want to spend time with and that you really care about, and maybe those things um, aren't those aren't the same people, and that's the those are the tough questions to have to have. But I think, like Carlos said, it it becomes a filter and a lens to look at business through that might take a little bit more time, but I think longer term makes decisions easier.
1: Well, we, we talk about it in the lens of this is your, the DNA of your business. This is a thing that dictates how you grow. And so, if you have broken DNA, then you might grow something that doesn't look the way you want it.
3: While I was listening to you, I found that we have been talking a lot about uh, reconnection and like individuality and authenticity. But what is really important and what you are talking about a lot is the sense of the community. And I found that recently community became bizarre. Like a lot of, you you see thousands of communities. And sometimes it's just an umbrella when people just like saying that I'm part of the community and actually nothing happens there. What is your understanding of the community and what you got from your community through all these years?
1: I've, I've done a lot of work on trying to understand what community means, uh, not only in general, but to my, for me. There's no community if you can't say who's in and who's out. So there's a real sense of uh, real clear um, understanding of what success means for the community as a group. And also what success means for the individual and the importance for me in terms of community in our journey is that um, you then feel like you're not alone going towards this this space and what I found that's really important for us in sustaining where we're going is it becomes this space where you can be yourself where you can talk about the struggles that you are facing as a business person trying to struggle with purpose, trying to struggle with, with the imposter syndrome, no matter what stage you are on this journey to really be able to say, this is me and this is what I'm going through and have people hear that and understand that in a way, because they'd experience the same thing. And I think the challenge and the reason why that, I think that's so valuable because we don't necessarily find that elsewhere in our lives because our friends, our family, they're not necessarily. They don't understand the idea about what it means to to do this work. Maybe they don't. they've even built a business themselves, so they don't even understand some of the logistical elements of it. And then they they just want to you know protect you and, and and say nice things to you, when what you want is to feel like you're not alone doing this stuff. So I don't know if that answers your question around uh, the importance of community. But for, for me, it is that particularly in our context of the Happy Startup School and this idea. Of, Creating community in business, it isn't just about networking. It isn't just about getting feedback on my next marketing plan or business idea. At the core, what the most important thing for me about that is that real sense of not feeling alone, trying to struggle with marrying these two worlds of money and meaning or purpose and profit. And and realizing I'm finding it hard, but that's okay.
2: I think the final thing just to add is, you know, over this period of lockdown, I've had a lot of time to reflect. And I think you look back to all the experiences you had and the people you've met and the journey you've been on. And I think for me, a lot of the highlights of my life over the last 10 years have been with people we've met on this journey. You know, the experiences we have shared, the projects we've collaborated on, um, and there's still loads to do. And that's the exciting thing. And so for me, it's business is important. But for me, people are more important and like Carla said, whether you succeed or fail in your business venture, it's how you've grown and who you've met along the way that I feel is more important and being there for people when things go bad, not you know, not running away from each other when, when I was listening to a podcast before this and they were talking about how in LA no one wants to be around anyone who's failing because they don't want to be associated to failure and, and that's one thing. We don't exactly embrace failure, but we certainly don't want to run away when people are at that point so it's it's about picking people up when they're down and like color said as a community winning not individuals winning
0: I'm just sitting here and I'm enjoying the faces of us three just you know there is the face of a human being when you're actually looking somewhere and you're actually looking inside yourself where the eyes are twitching to the left or to the right and I'm just enjoying the faces and myself in these thoughts, and I would really like to say thank you guys for uh, sharing the, this amazing piece of knowledge i 'm really taking a lot to myself to reflect on, but just as a final thought, um, maybe you have something to add as a you know a final word to uh, Russian entrepreneurs and people who are listening to the podcast. maybe a wish for them
1: to, to wrap it up
2: mm, this is the uh, the moment of wisdom the guru moment. <laughs>
1: this is the fortune cookie moment
2: Fortune cookie moment. <laughs> I would say going back to what I said before really about if you're at the early stages or you're not even at the early stages you're in a job you don't enjoy or you're not feeling like work is meaningful to you anymore and you think there's got to be something better than this, Anything's better than this or maybe you're at the early stage and you've lost or early stage and you're starting out or you're further along and you've lost your way I would just say follow that thread of what it is that is nagging at you and tapping into that. And if possible, finding at least one other person who's also asking themselves some tough questions too um, and going on that journey of curiosity together. And we found when you can do that together in community, then you're more likely to get to a better place than trying to do it on your own because otherwise you'll just follow the traditional path and what we should do. Rather than that you want to do, so so yeah, I would just say, don't let the music die within you. <laughs> so,
1: I think to add on to this idea of connecting, or connection, we live in a, an amazingly complex world at the moment, and it's getting more and more complex by the by the day. And so, to think that you can solve the problems on your own is not only arrogant. But also potentially damaging because you're carrying the weight that no one can carry on their own as and for me it's very much around the more that we can connect uh and collaborate and find ways of working together on 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 the things we want to change and then through And then making those connections really deep and strong by connecting with ourselves so we know exactly what we stand for what our boundaries are what our thin red lines are what the things that we want to create so that we're not doing things because other people say that we should do them but we're doing things and connecting with the people who believe in the same things that we believe and then that gives us energy to to go through the challenges and the tough times and the frustrations that things aren't happening as fast as they can And at the very least, even if you don't get to the destination, you've at least done it with a group of people you like. And it's been a great experience and you've had a fun journey. And then you know that that has been worthwhile because you've, you created some happiness, not only in your life, but in the life of the people that you've been with. And so that's, that's the, you know, that's, if we could look at business through that lens of less about winner takes all, but how can we keep this game going by playing together and changing the rules as we see fit because then that way it's the joy of playing the game rather than the winning
4: the name of a podcast should be don't let the music uh, die inside i think <laughs> exactly <There you> go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic
4: Wow, this is it for today's
0: episode of Dusha Podcast and it totally feels like we have heard the music that is playing in Carlos and Lawrence's hearts and their community that is called Happy Startup School. If you've enjoyed this episode, please stay tuned for the Happy Startup Canvas that is going to appear on our website very soon. You'll probably see a link in the description and this will help you design your own business to be purpose-driven and to be with yourself, not without yourself. Thank you for listening, stay safe, and we'll see each other in the next episode of Dusha Podcast.